Welcome to another episode of our SaaS Stories podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talk to Abadara, an experienced data reign supreme. His visionary entrepreneur dared to bridge the gap between technology and marketing expertise paving the way for groundbreaking advancement in the industry. A trailblazer with a diverse background in computer science and a decade-long tenure in marketing within the investment banking sector, having successfully built and expanded a thriving marketing agency, Adavara's journey took a momentous turn when he recognized a pressing need for better data utilization in the marketing landscape. This realization led to the birth of Datafy, a cutting-edge startup that now stands at the forefront of marketing analytics and insights. Datafy's mission is clear to provide marketers with a centralized platform that seamlessly integrates, analyzes, and derives actionable insights from their multifarious data sources. So, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, Adabara, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you can share? Uh, I guess there are many quotes. Um, the one that comes to mind now is is really the Nike uh, tagline, which is uh, just do it. Um, and the reason why I like that uh, quote is that, you know, I, I think in, in business or in the startup uh, world, uh, the people who who tend to sort of get ahead are people who just get things done. So I like the, the nightly strap line, just do it. Um, so, so that's what I'm going for today. Perfect. So tell us about Datafy. What does the product do? Who is it for? And what's the main problem you're helping to solve? Cool. Thanks. Thanks for that question. So Datafy is a marketing analytics platform. And uh, what it does is that it helps marketers collect all of their marketing data from the various sources that they run marketing campaigns, their Facebook account, TikTok, Google, and so on. Put all of that data into a central uh, database or repository. So you have all of your uh, data in one place. Once that's done, we then run various machine learning and uh, AI models to analyze the data to draw out trends, uh, opportunities, and so on, predict certain metrics, just to help marketers make better informed decisions on their campaigns. Mm -hmm. uh, once that's done, it takes the results of the analysis and uses it automatically to improve the campaign. So the typical outcome is better ROIs, um, better measurement for, for, for marketers' campaigns. Uh, the main problem that we're solving, actually, is twofold. First of all, you look at the last 20 years of marketing, right? Marketers have relied on web browser cookies and third-party data sources to um, to target people, to measure the performance of their campaigns. But that's no longer uh, possible due to privacy uh, regulation. Uh, marketers can only now use their own first-party data sources, uh, you know, for targeting, optimization, and so on. The difficulty with that is in order to use your own first-party data, it, it requires some technical and engineering expertise to put the data together. The, 
put the data together, run the analysis. And marketers are not uh, engineers, right? They are marketers. They want to run campaigns. They want to experiment on audiences. They want to ultimately get you know new customers and prove the value of marketing to an organization. But um, it's a lot difficult to do that now, um, just because of this privacy uh, regulation. Um, so marketers are finding that they need to um, to work with engineers to, to get these things done. So we, we just want to take away that complex sort of engineering and data science process and make marketers uh, make better decisions with their data, accurate data, and sort of targeting the right customers and so on and so forth, and ultimately getting better ROI on their ads. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think you're absolutely spot on because I have heard this um, in one of the uh, one of the talks I've attended recently in central London where I got to know that um, not just European Union but also states and many other parts of the world, they're trying to ban the usage of cookies specifically towards the marketing side of it. And there's lots of startups who are focusing on this challenge at the moment because ultimately the, it, it, it's a 30 around 30 to 32 percent market which is captured which which is still actually ran by direct marketing you know like facebook ads or or at any kind of ads online um that will be directly affected if one day facebook or or any other social media platform literally say oh we can't provide you any information anymore basically you're young by your own so yeah i can i can dig it right so so before we we start digging into the the story of datafy and understand more about it i would like to know more about you uh who is adabara where did he grow up what's his favorite sports what kind of um um uh you know uh, bringing up he had which gave him the power the super power to start uh, this startup because most of the time when i speak with this they had this kind of some kind of edge in their childhood or in their uh, you know uh, you know journey towards their teenager or their young lifespan where they had this um this uh, learnings or teachings from their uh, either elders or friends or family or bosses, which gives them the edge to go forward and take the risk to start the startup. I would look. I, I would like to know more about you and 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 your background first before we go for. All right. So um, I'm from Nigeria. I grew up in Nigeria, um, and when I was, uh, I guess, when I was a kid. You know, with computer games and you know all of that stuff, right? I kind of concluded that uh, that computers or technology was going to be the future. Um, mm. I guess that that's probably like an easy <laughs> prediction to make, right? But because of that, I decided I wanted to study computer science. So um, when I graduated from high school, uh, I had the opportunity to to be sent over to the UK to, to come and uh, further my uh, education, further my studies. Um, so again, as you know, as a young person, when you go to a new country, uh, you know, you have to go and navigate the world on your own. You just sort of have a little bit more sort of independence. Uh, so those that kind of shaped me into 
just sort of going out there to achieve things. Um, when I graduated from university, I got the, the an offer to work at Barclays uh, Investment Bank. So I worked there for um, about 10 years. And then after that, I worked at the marketing uh, agency. I started up my own agency, started working with marketers, understanding, well, in my own capacity, understanding more about their problems and challenges with data. Um, and you know, after some time, we started hearing about uh, privacy regulation, GDPR, third party cookies being blocked. And I saw firsthand how this was impacting marketers' results, you know, what they were saying to us in terms of uh, where they needed help. And that's just kind of inspired us to really go and tackle that problem um, because it was the biggest area within marketing where the biggest problems were. So we then um, pivoted the marketing agency into Pitify, which is really the uh, marketing analytics company. Makes sense. Makes sense. And now, because because you had all these commercial experiences and all these experiences with this giant, um, you kind of have this uh, understanding of pain points in the market. Yeah, I mean, we uh, over the last uh, over the last twenty years of in advertising, right? Literally now is uh, over the last two years, I would say, up until now, because it, the whole process has taken a couple of years to kick in, but the whole industry has been torn on its head. It's like um, the way you've been doing things for the last 20 years is no longer allowed. Uh, now we need to find a new way to target people in a way that is uh, privacy safe and compliant. Yeah. And yeah, that's the, that's the biggest area in marketing today. I think the players will get it right would uh, really help to, to shape uh, the future of the industry. And that's what Dinafi is, is, is trying to do. And, it, uh, and and by the way, I really, really like the name of your startup. It's really punchy. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about where the story actually began. Where, where did the idea for the Dinafi came from and how, how, how did it begin altogether? Yeah, it, 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 it probably kicks in. in um, so Dinafi is... A, it's a it's a company that uh, it's one it's a one year old company now. Although um, I've, I've thought about it with my co founder for um, for a few months right before we actually got it started. But it was it was from our work at the marketing agency, right? From our running marketing agency, just keeping up with what's happening in the industry, what advertisers are saying in terms of their pain points. Um, you know, the challenges that even we were seeing when we were running campaigns for other customers, it was just the loss of data made things a lot more difficult. A lot of campaign ROIs were coming down. So we thought, okay, let's see, let's look at how we can help to solve the problem. Because ultimately, if you help the marketer get better ROIs and uh, get better uh, performance on their campaigns, then they would want to work with you. That's really what they are about, especially this direct to consumer marketers where every pound or every cent or every penny of uh, margin is uh, you know helps with the narrative so <clears throat> that's what we do is just help improve that performance and yeah it was from our experience of the marketing agency right okay 
And when you had that epiphany, did you look into the market where there were other products? What, what was going on at that time? And what did you see from your research that encouraged you to move ahead with this? I guess so th this, this was a, a brand new change in the industry where, um, everybody, everybody basically had to start from scratch. Um, and one of the initial, uh, products or one of the initial changes that we saw in the market was like coming like Facebook. Um, typically when you run ads on Facebook, in order to measure how that campaign is performing, say on your website, in terms of purchases of your products or people becoming leads, they have a product called the Facebook pixel, which is, uh, some code that you put on your website and that fires based on, uh, you know, cookie tracking and, and that included some third party cookies in the past, but Facebook came out with a new product and said, you know, this, um, this, uh, Facebook pixel is not, uh, the future because it relies on, uh, on cookies and they came up with called conversions API. Uh, this was back in 2020, like in the middle of the pandemic. That conversions API was like the first move in the market for an advert for, for, for one of the big platforms, which Facebook and Google are the two big platforms. Well, almost like half of that platform came and said, um, you know, this is a new product. We're changing how things are done from a tracking standpoint. So that caught my interest. Like if a massive company like Facebook or Meta will change how they do the tracking, what would other people do? And then you have the likes of Apple with iOS 14, um, blocks now, like you can't track when people are using mobile apps on a, on an iPhone, you can no longer track what they're doing. So you can actually, uh, away data from market sellers and just make need even more pressing. And then you have the likes of Google, Google that represents, uh, you know, the, the lion's share of the browser markets with, with Google Chrome saying that they're also going to stop supporting the third party cookies, right? So with, with all the incumbents, when they all start saying we're no longer supporting third party cookies, markets are like, what do we do? <clears throat> so, you know, in terms of alternatives, the markets, yeah, I mean, there were, there were, there are others. I'm mean, happy to talk about the competitors if you, if that's the question, but, um, we did see um, one or two other people trying to sort of solve the problem, but it's in the early stages and uh, it's almost like the wild west where this is a big problem to solve the marketing and uh, uh, I guess the best players really will win that market. Indeed. Yeah. And, and is it a completely bootstrap project? Do you raise any funding yet? Yeah. Raise some funded. We are currently raising right now. We have we have raised some uh, some money. Some money. Okay. Okay. So you you have got some injection already. Well, we, we we've raised money, and uh, we are raising we are raising right now as well. So, um, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, so could you tell us more about like? give us a sense of size of the business, where you are in terms of, uh, you know, revenue or number of customers, size of team, etc. Yeah. Um, so in our team, there are, um, five of us, uh, me and my co-founder, uh, three others, um, in terms of revenue, 
Um, all I'll say is that well, you just put us at the up to one million pounds uh, ARR. What I mean, what I mean, us. Um, and uh, what was the other question? So just the uh, size of the team and uh, you know number of customers. Yeah. Um, so again, we have you know different customers from marketing agencies that we partner with to some enterprise customers that we work directly with. Um, so again, I'll put the number of customers at the the low double digits. Um, so we have a strategy of uh, going after big enterprise customers. So again, I guess it takes time with some of them, but yes, yeah, at the the sort of low double digits. Right. Okay. Um, so I, I also want to dig into, you know, uh, your competitors, because you mentioned that this is a brand new market, but before jumping into that part, what I would like to know is, um, uh, you said that you, you, you have a co-founder in the team, right? Uh, most of the time when I meet some founders um, and when they have their either their um, seed funding sorted or uh, some kind of injection is done, um, then you have you start building a team. It gets to a point where the decision making process gets a little bit tedious because obviously you have a co-founder and you know you always have to you know talk with the co-founder before you make a decision. So how, how do you streamline your decision-making process in the airline? I think it's, um, if it's between um, my co-founder and I, then it's just having clear responsibility of uh, of who is responsible for what. You know, I think ultimately, as the CEO, you know, I have, uh, uh, you know, I, I can sort of help uh, should I say break the tie if 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 there's um if there's any consensus on the decision, but I won't say it's a problem now because uh my my co-founder he he did a lot of our tech work, um so there are not really times where I need to you know go and have an argument or a disagreement about what's happening on the tech side because he's leading that and he uh. I guess is is very capable. Capable. We don't, we don't have uh, we don't have disagreements in terms of that because he does his job well. Um, yeah, it's just that those clear sort of this is what you're responsible for. This is what I'm responsible for, and we don't tend to um, overlap from from that perspective. But in in certain situations where <clears throat> there are um, you know different opinions and you know one way or the other, a decision has to be made. Then it will usually fall on me to make that decision. So, and everyone is is uh, is uh, you know fine with that, and it, it works quite well for us. But I but I I I, I see your point, and I, um, and I I I know that uh, sometimes with co-founders things can get a little bit uh, difficult, especially if those roles and uh, responsibilities are verified. Yeah. That's that's one of the things which is, you know, the the moment you have a, a company started and you have a co-founder, you need to specify roles and responsibilities very very clearly because that creates a lot of issue. Um, so, 
Okay, let's move to the next part then. Um, it, there will be a lot of um, listeners for this podcast who will be listening to you uh, when we, you know, when we go live. Um, tell me how Datafy could help. I mean, I don't know what is your ICP ideal customer uh, profile, but um, okay, let's let's go in in this direction. Who is your ICP ideal customer profile, and then how do you help them step by step, starting um, to get onboarded with Datafy till receiving the benefit of the platform? Yeah, <clears throat> so. Um... I do customer profile is um, we we do a lot of in e-commerce right I'll use that as an example it, it it could be you know a gentleman and uh you know his uh wife you know maybe they sell t-shirts online they uh they do about i don't know somewhere between five to ten million pounds in sales they spend anywhere from 500k to one million pounds in marketing spend and they want the um the performance for about 500k they're spending i don't know say uh for 500k spend they get back um a million pounds of revenue that'll be like in 2x return on ad spend <laughs> so it's taking people like that from a 2x return on ad spend how do you take it to three four five six seven ten x so that's an ideal profile in terms of uh this 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 uh, customer they sell t-shirts what they want to do is they want to sell more t-shirts um they're not really concerned about it. they don't want to get too involved with you know engineering or whatever. they just want it to work so, so these people are looking for a ready-made <clears throat> solution so now yeah, i do sort of customer um, then there's also marketing agencies your marketing agencies their job they are incentivized to uh get better campaign results for their own customers so 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 they are equipped uh also customer for us in that when we partner with them they bring their own end customers to try and get them uh, uh results or performance on their campaigns and and what's the the onboarding process typically when a customer comes in you know they might have an account uh, on facebook you know they might have an account on google they might have their websites maybe on shopify or, or what about Wix. um so when they come, it's the integration is it's, it's just it's like pressing a button. Right? You press a button, your Shopify data gets connected. You press a button, the Facebook data gets connected, and so on and so forth. So it's really just a um, a button that they press, press, and then it brings in their data, and then our system does the rest of the work and starts improving their campaigns and giving them uh, analysis and and so on and so forth. So, uh, yes, pretty straightforward, uh, onboarding, um, our, you know, new customers. And then what typically happens is once we onboard them, there's like an initial period of like a couple of weeks where we start monitoring how their com campaigns are changing or performing or improving after integration our product, you know, they also get different types of dashboards and analytics that shows them new things about their data, new things about their marketing that they didn't know before. Um, you know, for example, there might be certain campaigns in their um, accounts that they didn't realize those campaigns were actually high-performing campaigns, you know, which 
and that's because the, the the numbers were not presented to them in a way that was fair enough. Or, um, you know, one of the recent features that we launched was is more to do with generative AI, where um, you know we can analyze uh, all of the images, all of the ad copy, uh, their Facebook, Google ads, and you know it gives them recommendations on how to improve the images, how to improve the copy. And so on and so forth. So all of these things helps and sort of contributes to giving them a better performance on their campaigns. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So do they have to install any kind of JavaScript uh, code on their website, or do you do they have to do any kind of manual work, which you know, I don't know, uh, in, in which actually feeds your uh, software or your platform some data, or is it just all automated? So, no, they don't have to implement any uh, JavaScript on their website because, um, you know, that way of putting JavaScript on website is, is part of the old way of doing things with cookies. Now everything is on the server side. So it's like their Facebook account on the server talking directly to Datafy on the server, you now talking yeah, to all the different accounts. So the browser doesn't come into the... Um, into the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the second part of the question? So I was just trying to understand, you mentioned that the customer, when they were on board, yeah. they were, they connect their Facebook or Google Analytics or Google AdWords account with the FI, which gives them an insight. But what about their website or their platform? Do they have to sort of like connect it with, so for example, let's say they're on Shopify, I think it would be much easier because they just go onto their dashboard and connect it. But what if they have a WordPress or something plain HTML? How do how do they connect? It? That's a great question. So, um, depending on, on on the platform, like there there are certain big ecosystems like Shopify or HubSpot, uh, Salesforce, and so on that uh, the integrations are pre-built. Well, sometimes a customer might have come from, uh, have a tech stack that is not common, or they might have like a bespoke customer database or something that requires some sort of bespoke customization to, to integrate. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, yeah, we have some of those, but for those type of customers, especially if, if it's the larger ones, then we, uh, you know, we're able to sort of do some customization to, to onboard them. Typically, how most people would come onto our platform or our product is the um, they will just use a pre-made pre, pre connector. I'll give you an example. You know, regardless of what platform you come from, your web analytics data, all of that. You know, if you have Google Analytics, it will cover that whether you're on Shopify, whether you're on WordPress, or you know. So, but there are also times where people have their own. CRM, they have their own in-house data, so website, so so data from their website where people become leads and so on. That data goes into their CRM, helps for their Salesforce. And for those platforms, we have automated um, integrations. But yeah, we, we can accommodate uh, bespoke uh, sources uh, with um, with our with our team, with our engineers. Um, but typically most customers or use one of the ready-made uh, connectors. Right. Okay. So 
could you give us an example, a case study of one of your previous customer? You don't have to take any names here. Just an idea of what kind of customer was it? What was the, you know, stage they were in when they uh, reached out to you? How did you analyze their business in order to give them a sort of like a benefit case in order to sell your product? How did you sell it? How did you degrade it? And what was the outcome after a certain time frame? Yeah. So well, one good uh, case study we have is with the, um, with the marketing agency. I think the reason why the marketing agency sees our code is because, um, you know, they, 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 they're looking for partners to, to help them, you know, look good, I guess, you know, and they look good when their ROIs go up. Um, so we, we have um, a couple of really good examples where we worked with an agency and then they brought the first customer and because things worked out so well, then they've gone and brought more our customers. So we like when that happens. Um, it, you know, the, the, the challenge uh, with this customer was uh, this marketing agency, they had an e-commerce uh, company that uh, was their customer. Uh, that particular customer, their, their ad ROIs on Facebook had gone down significantly over the last year. So they used to do an average of about, well, close to 30% in the ROI, which is quite high for to dream. Uh, but those numbers went went down to well below uh, 10%. And we're just looking for a partner to help them at least get back to where things were. And the reason why the performance went down so much is because they lost a lot of that third-party data that they used to use for their targeting in the past. So by coming and working with us, um, you know, using Datafy to um, analyze their data, collect the first party data, you know, do all of the analytics, draw the insights from the machine learning, the uh, AI, uh, their uh, campaigns went back to, you know, north of 35%, close to 40% which for them was the, like unheard of because again in this new uh, way of marketing if you're not putting your data to work in the correct way it's difficult to get a uh, good performance so um that was really the outcome right because we got their ads performing to a level that that it was back you know two years ago when cookies were everybody were allowed now without all of that we're getting them at performance even slightly better so that, that worked quite well. You know, they brought a couple more customers. So things are going really well on that front. And for us, when we have, you know, other customers or people referring our products without us saying anything or doing anything, that really works out well because it's almost like word of marketing, sorry, word of mouth, which is free marketing. So um, that, 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 that always works out well. Yeah. Would you be able to tell us about the numbers? So when they came to you, where were where were they in terms of the numbers of generating the revenue or sales? And then once they implemented the data by analytics, um, how how much they grown up? Yeah. So they are they are the key metric in in um, our space is the R, the ROAS return on ad spend or the ROI. So right. their uh, return on ad spend was below 10% when they came to us uh, to, to work with Delafire. And today, 
it's like 30 between 35 to 40 percent so we've brought it up significantly a lot higher i think that would be the clearest way to it's the most big yeah yeah so just to just to make it easier for our listeners is uh, for example, if um, Adavar's uh, customers were spending around hundred thousand uh, pounds for for particular ad advertisement, they were getting uh, revenue generated around ten thousand uh, pounds approximately, and then when they integrated data, by it has grown up to hundred thirty. Is that correct? Yeah, hundred thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so. So tell us more. Tell us more about uh, how how do you measure the impact of your product on your customers? Like I know that there is this KPI which you just mentioned, but what steps do you take to continuously improve and optimize the value you deliver? Yeah. I guess we're we're still in the early stage. So when when you are in the earlier stages, it's 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 a little it's a lot easier to be able to be talking to all of your customers. So we're at that stage where you know we're talking to our customers every day. Um, by talking to them every day, we learn more about their challenges. We, we learn more about where we're uh, being effective, where we're not as effective, and that allows us to tailor or or you know or improve our services to. To, to, to keep the customers even happier. Um, but that's it. The answer is just, just by talking to customers, showing them that we care, being accessible. Um, a customer can send me a message, you know, on Slack or whatever. I could be in the middle of, it could be on the tube or, or whatever, you know, respond. So we're very accessible, uh, helpful, and customers like us, for us, you know, they, they, they might be certain or that SaaS experiences where it's not as easy to get hold of the company or speak to someone. Um, or with us, it's, 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 it's very easy and accessible. And I know it becomes a little bit uh, more challenging as you scale. Um, so, um, but at least for us, it's a lot easier to be able to do that now, just keep talking to customers and um, making sure that we're, we're continuing to help them and support them with their goals. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so we are we are moving towards towards the end of our interview. So, would like to know more about like throughout your journey and experience. Then there must have been valuable lessons learned. You know, if you don't mind sharing, could you reflect on your experiences and tell us about uh, one mistake or a setback that you encountered along the way that you now consider a, a regret or maybe a lessons learned. And additionally, what advice would you give our listeners based on this experience? Um, I don't know. I guess maybe. So, Stephen, I think about this more from a entrepreneur slash founder perspective. You know, so um, there there are listeners out there, people who are thinking about potentially, you know, quitting their jobs and and, and becoming founders. And maybe I can give some some thoughts there. Um, I think first of all, the reason why one of the reasons why I went into um, entrepreneurship is because I believe um, that I can have a greater impact on the world uh, by trying to, you know, um, I guess follow my own dream and my own purpose 
than say for example um being in the co in the traditional sort of corporate nine to five so first of all it's important to know why you want to go uh, go into entrepreneurship or start a business because once you know why what you find out is that or at least in my own case the, the early days when i first you know quit uh my my job is you know what you think or how you think things would go um yeah i don't want to speak for anybody else but at least for myself how you think things would go uh is not necessarily how things go things go you know a little bit more staggered you know there a lot of things that you thought would go well that wouldn't go as well but as long as you remember why you are doing what you're doing then that will help to carry you through um you know i i, I would uh i would say uh a lot of founders as well when they go into to to business especially in the SaaS or in software as a service or in tech space you know i'll advise people to you know not underestimate what what a fundraising process could look like and i think a lot of founders sometimes they want to bootstrap um and maybe because they think the fundraising um process is, is a little bit too difficult of or, or which it is right now actually this sort of market but you know you have to you have to keep pushing you know how all those meetings like i never thought i'd raise money but i was able to do that at least to an extent i'm still doing more so you know believe in yourself uh you know don't be afraid to uh you know go and talk to investors talk to friends talk to families or whatever it is and get people to to back your idea um yeah it's nice to you know i don't know maybe do some consulting on the side to, to try and fund your business but ultimately you want to try and just raise something however one small show some traction and then grow from there um and yeah then again there'll be a lot of uh there'll be a lot of uh um setbacks along the way but yeah as long as you remember where you know why you're why you know that will carry you through perfect sounds good okay we should wrap up now so we're gonna go into the lightning round i've got six required questions for you so just uh try to answer them as quickly as you can you ready yeah, yeah. all right great what's one of the best piece of business advice you have received Oh, well, best piece of business. I think um, it's probably going to go to back to one of the mistakes I made earlier in my career, career, which is like not properly understanding business contracts. Like if you're going into a business deal with another organization or something, to just make sure you understand the contracts properly. You really don't just leave it to your lawyers, understand it as well. So that's the best advice I say is read all your contracts, understand that legal side as well. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Oh, uh, hard thing about hard things, but, uh, what's his name? It's Ben or Mark Andreasen, one of the ASIC DNZ guys. Uh, I mean, these guys, they, they've done it right. They're, 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 they're at the top of the PC game. They've built companies, they've sold it. So when someone who's experienced in, in that space is giving advice, you probably want to listen, but there are some really good notes in there. And uh, it had been about about how things by Mark Andreasen. Okay, what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? Um, 
I think you need to you, you need to have tenacity um, because if you're tenacious and uh, and and you have belief in yeah, be honest with yourself. Like, is there really an opportunity there? And if there is, have belief in yourself and I'll go and and get it right. Things won't be very straightforward. But if you're tenacious, then you know things can work out really good. You know, this entrepreneurial journey is not uh, something to be um, glamorized. You know, it's it's a lot of hard work, but you know, really good outcomes can come out of it if you're tenacious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? For chat GPT. <laughs> That's my favorite tool. <laughs> okay, and what's a new or crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had the time? Uh, maybe space exploration. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I think space exploration will be a lot of Okay, and the last but not least, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Fun fact about me. Um guess I'm married with kids. Um most people in this um on this podcast wouldn't know that too. Yeah. No sharp this but yeah. Okay, that's fine. Adawara, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and packing the last years of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way. And if people want to check out Datafy, what what's the website for it? So it's trydatafy.com. Trydatafy.com. Okay. And if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Just find me on LinkedIn, Adabara Abdullahi. Um, I think I'm the only one on LinkedIn with that name, so hopefully pretty easy to follow. Perfect. Adabara, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your inspiring journey and the impactful work you're doing through Datafy. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on SaaS Stories Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of our SaaS Stories Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Adabara insightful and inspiring. If you're a founder or industry expert interested in sharing your story on our SaaS podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Simply email me at ash at artcircles.com and let's connect for a potential interview opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay up on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. We have a lineup of incredible guests and valuable insights coming your way. Stay inspired, stay motivated, keep building.